0: You are listening to a message by Refuge Community Church. Refuge exists to glorify God by making disciples that shape their communities with the love of Jesus. Good morning, friends. My name is Josh. I am one of the pastors here at Refuge. I want to take a second this morning before we dive in to simply say welcome. Man, thank you so much for being here. Uh, man, if you don't know, Refuge is a new church uh, starting in South Austin, we're praying and hoping that we're going to launch later this year. Obviously, a lot of that is up in the air currently. Uh, but man, we want to say welcome! Thank you for joining us. Uh, if this is your first time here, as Daniel mentioned a little bit earlier in our gathering, we would love to get to know you a little bit more, learn how we can serve you, how we can be praying for you. In addition to really just sharing a little bit more about us here at Refuge, uh, and really invite you into being a part of it in whatever way you feel the Lord is leading you. Uh, and so, yeah, man, I am excited. Just want to say welcome. Even right now, you know, feel free to pause this, jump onto the connection page, click that, take you like two minutes, and then you can hop back in. The beauty of modern video technology. Am I right? Uh, anyway, man, it, whether you, this is your first time or if you call this home, I, I do want to say thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, man, any of you guys that know me know that I love the word. I love being together with you. I love us sitting under the word together and receiving, and I'm especially excited this week as we continue our series in Acts, a movement for the modern world, where we are in Acts and we're really learning how the Christian faith, especially in its origins, man, uh, it creates a people uh, that are empowered to impact the world. Whether it's during COVID, whether it's during any other season, Uh, we kicked off this series last week, really just getting an intro to the book, starting in chapter one, the first, I think it was 12 verses, I want to say. 1415 uh, verses uh, really just getting an intro to luke the author of acts uh, and what his mission in the book is showing us how he's continuing the story of the resurrected jesus who is working in the world through his people that he is empowered with his spirit and so man now kind of coming into to next week we're kind of picking up right where we left off jesus ascended into heaven uh, and now he instructed his disciples to wait and so they're currently in a season of waiting Uh, really kind of similar to we are right now. Uh, It feels like well, I'm sure the apostles could really uh, empathize with this Right now, in our current situation with COVID Man, it really does feel like we kind of all just put in a corporate Amazon order And we're all just waiting for the package to arrive I don't know if this is true for you But man, I can order something on Amazon I can just find myself in this, like constantly updating uh, the app To see when it's going to arrive type mode In fact, last week I remember that we got a, a new computer uh, And it was a bigger computer, expensive computer Kind of help us with some of the video stuff that we're doing right now and uh, I didn't have a case for it. And if you don't know me, uh, then, then let me inform you. Those of you that know me know this is true that I have two absolutely crazy children. I'm a really excitable person, and a lot, they really inherited that. God, just pray for my wife, Rachel, in all seriousness. Because I have a two year old, Leah, and a seven month old, Jude. And Jude really just started getting mobile, and Leah is a certified maniac. And so they're just running around causing all kinds of mischief. And I had this deep sense of fear that this new computer, this thing was going to be out and it was just going to get popped smashed hit something and it was going to be like game over so i went to amazon and ordered a case and it was so frustrating because i ordered the case and i was waiting on the case right just like the apostles i was waiting on the gift to come and it can be frustrating at times because you start to think man i'm waiting for the gift to come so that i can start doing the thing that i'm supposed to do it almost felt like I couldn't use the computer to do things that I needed to do because I didn't have this case yet. I'm sure similarly, uh, you guys feel the same weight uh, that, man, sometimes right now it feels like we can't do the things we, we expect to be doing, we want to be doing because we're waiting on something. The apostles likewise probably, uh, possibly were faced with the challenge of, of how do we can do the work that Jesus is calling us to do when we're, we're really sitting down waiting right now. And if you're anything like me, then you're kind of uh, in the waiting game right now, the waiting for COVID to be passed, the waiting for life to get back to normal. It's easy for your mind to lose track of what God has called you to, to lose track of the story of redemption that's working itself out in your life and that you're called to, to partner with God in to work out in the lives of other people's or, or the other people's lives. Uh, and as we get uh, distracted, as we, we, we kind of start to view uh, time waiting more as time wasted, all of a sudden our, our mind becomes idle, we, we become less sober-minded, less uh, uh, ferociously uh, guarding our spirituality. And if you're going to be honest, like I'm fixing to be honest, you have found yourself struggling with, with moments of anger, with moments of lust, with moments of frustration, with moments of anxiety, moments of fear. In short, moments where, where our, our heart has probably been less geared toward uh, seeing Jesus and more geared toward focusing on our moment specifically on the anxieties and frustrations that come with waiting in our moment. Well, if you're like me, you can be encouraged that Luke actually offers us a very different view and a very different experience of the situation. Uh, Today, he's going to show us what it looks like when when Jesus empowers a people, and, and, and really a people cling to Jesus in moments of waiting, Uh, And they start to, instead of seeing time waiting as time wasted, they begin to see every moment of waiting as an opportunity uh, and a moment of redemption. Both uh, the way redemption is going to work in our own lives and how God is calling us to to take redemption into the world. And so today's sermon is entitled Waiting, Time Wasted or Time Redeemed. We're going to go ahead and be in Acts chapter 1 verse 15. We're going to go ahead and read and jump in uh, and really start to take a look at at how Luke is, is showing us what time redeemed looks like, what waiting in a healthy way looks like, how we can utilize time waiting instead of seeing it as time wasted. We can still see it as a time where redemption is working itself out in our lives and the lives of others. Uh, And so I'm praying that this time is going to encourage us uh, to see our current season in a completely different way. Let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to be in verse 15 again. Let's go ahead and start. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number uh, of people who were together was about 120 And said, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was one of our number and shared in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with his unrighteous wages. He fell headfirst, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem. So that in their own language, that field is called Hakeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms Let his dwelling become desolate, let no one live in it, and let someone else take his position. Right off the bat, we're introduced to a group of disciples, 120 men and women, among whom are the 12, now 11 apostles, in a period of waiting. Uh, Right before this, from verse 12 to 14, it tells a story about how, uh, very briefly, about how they had all come together after seeing Jesus ascend into heaven, have received the instruction to go and wait. They go to the upper room together, and then they are bound together in prayer. They are just praying, seeking God, and it's in that moment where the Lord starts to do something because all of a sudden a moment where, where they were waiting has now been become a moment where they're dedicated to prayer where all of a sudden now from that prayer, Peter gets up and addresses the entire group saying, hey, something's going on here. Something's happening here. Right, right? Think about what I said. A period of waiting turns into a period of prayer that turns into a period of action. Right, right? We're thinking about time waiting thinking about how to redeem time waiting, uh, men oftentimes we, we forget this element that, that waiting equals seeking God. And as the disciples here seek God, he starts to do something. Namely, he starts to allow them to view their time of waiting in a very specific way. Check this out. In verse 16, Peter says, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled that the Holy Spirit through the mouth of David foretold about Judas. Peter, seeing uh, the circumstances, remember that, man, 40 days ago, 40, 40 days ago, a few weeks ago, they had seen Jesus die and resurrect, but, but the person that gave him up was this person, Judas. A person they had spent time with, they loved, they cared for. He was like a brother uh, to, to these men. Uh, to see them, to see Judas him betray their their leader, betray their rabbi, uh, man would have been a shock, a burden, a hurt. It would have it would have been agonizing to all of these men. Uh, but the reality is, man. A lot of them did the same thing, right? Like, Peter deserted him, denied him. They all fled. John was really the only one that stuck around. Uh, And so they're burdened by this reality uh, of Judas. Well, maybe not burdened, but they're considering this reality of Judas. Uh, And and Scripture tells us that, that, man, Judas goes out, he buys a plot of land, he hangs himself. That's what that next part of all the intestine talk and all that is because he hangs himself. And and, and Peter here is telling us, hey, he falls down and all this crazy stuff happens. It would have been really easy to interpret their circumstances through the lens of what happened there and just feel a sense of weight and shame and frustration. Right? Waiting can often be a challenging thing for us because it makes us confront the realities of our lives that we don't want to think about anymore. If I was Peter and the rest of these guys, it would be so much easier for me to say, you know what, let's just forget about Judas and let's move on. Like, like even the bad that Judas did, it's all made up for, so let's just kind of celebrate Jesus' new life, his resurrection, and let's keep trucking forward. The last thing I would want to do is go back and rehash all this, this, this weight of one of our friends betraying our, our Lord and our, our teacher and our master and now our king. Like I, it, it, I, The last thing I would want to do would be to go back and rehash that, but... Peter does it primarily because he no longer is looking at it through the, the, mere as, the mere characteristics of his own senses, right? It's not just his own mind, his own heart, his own experiences that he's judging now. He can go back and, and, and really take on the weight of his past experiences, the weight of his hurt, the weight of his pain, the weight of that, that moment with Judas because he's appealing to a greater authority than his own now. Right, he's allowed, or let me say it like this, they, the apostles in general, all the disciples, they are interpreting their story by scripture story. Peter is saying that, men, friends, look at scripture, men, let's evaluate scripture, let's look at it so that scripture can help us understand our current moment can help us understand why we've gone through the things we've gone through. So it can help us understand why we're going through the things we're going through. Like, let, let the scriptures begin to help us interpret our life, Let interpret our moment. And when we do that, we begin to capture the story of redemption that's at work. Now the frame for Judas begins to, to become something that's much different because it's painted in light of the story of redemption that's happening despite the tragedy that may have happened in Judas' own life and and so man we like like the apostles like right like these disciples a lot of us during this season are are man we're really working through challenges in our own life we're working through moments that that we have struggled with for a lot of our lives let me say it like this i can guarantee you as a married man that the issues that we've had in our marriage 3 years ago uh or 2 years ago 6 months ago are coming back to the surface in a way that we've never experienced them before, and a lot of us are confronting them for the first time, and it's been overwhelming. The, the, the struggles that some of us have had with lust, or anger, or greed, or fear, or anxiety, or depression that existed six weeks ago, that existed six months ago, and six years ago, have probably bubbled up to the surface because we're in a moment of waiting, having to deal with things that we have never uh, really had to deal with in this fashion before. The, the beauty of Acts uh, chapter 1, these first few verses, is this crazy thought that we can look at our lives and instead of depending solely on our experience, our our, our feelings, our heart, our judgment, we are able to look and go, hey, there's a greater authority. This story of scripture, this story of redemption, this story of a God separated from his people through sin, but who enters into the brokenness of the world in order to seek and save and redeem his people, we can look at that story and begin to adjust and interpret our experiences through that authority. Man, that's a beautiful gift in, in, in this moment and in every moment we move. That's a beautiful gift to the believer, to the one who has submitted him or herself to Jesus. I love Tony Morita is, uh, is a theologian and pastor. Uh, he, in his commentary on Acts, I love the way he communicates this text. He says it like this. Here is another example of how the apostles were clearly Christ-centered in their interpretation of the scriptures. Citing Psalms 69.25 and 109.8, Peter applied the psalmist's judgment on a wicked man as being repeated in his own day, having happened even more literally regarding the fate of Judas than in the case of David's adversaries. As the treasonous men in Psalms 69 and 109 rejected the friendship and blessing of King David, even more so had Judas rejected the friendship and blessing of King Jesus. Then Peter references scripture as that which the Holy Spirit through the mouth of David foretold about Jesus. This statement highlights the inspiration of scripture. God spoke it through a human author. You, like the first believers, can and should trust the scriptures for directing your life. The Bible is objective, while our senses of discernment and judgment can be subjective. That's why the scriptures must be our guide. Friends, we have an opportunity right now in our waiting to confront things that we have maybe never confronted and we are equipped with scripture to guide our hearts to see them in a redemptive uh, uh, way where God is using this moment to bring healing, to bring restoration, uh, to, 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 to bring uh, redemption to hearts and minds that have really lost sight of some of those ailments, some of those wounds for months, for years, potentially. Uh, man, that's a beautiful thing. But there's another layer here that that becomes even more awesome. Or maybe I should say, the the next layer, almost the reason that that becomes true, uh, is because what the next section is going to show us is that, man, as we begin to see our story through the lens of Scripture story, uh, when that happens, Jesus' story starts to become our story. And when Jesus' story starts to become our story, Men, redemption and restoration are almost inevitable. Check this out in verse 21. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection having felt the weight of of scripture story uh peter declares that it is necessary for us to add one back into the 12 after i mean like legitimately working through scripture through 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 probably some healing uh for for really uh finding out hey judas this happened for this reason it's fulfilled we need to move on and we need to actually reinstate someone to his position um, now, you may be asking, like, like, why does he say that it's necessary? Well, because Jesus' story has become his story. Jesus' story has become the disciple's story. It will become the apostle's story, when the apostles are cemented here. Um, I say that because Jesus' story is a story of redemption, restoration, and recreation. Right, right? Like... Like there is a redemption that takes place on the cross when Jesus exchanges his life for ours, when he exchanges his righteousness for our sinfulness, dies the death we should have died, but there is likewise a redemption in his resurrection where he now reintroduces victory into the life of humanity, human beings who have come to Jesus. He's now restored the relationship that we have lacked with God the Father that we have really uh, missed and therefore have become really less human in a lot of ways. He redeems and restores those things, but then he recreates as well. He forms something new and something better, something more beautiful. Specifically here, what Peter is talking about, and this is kind of the main theological thrust of this whole book, of this whole uh, section, is that he's now restoring and recreating God's people on earth. He's making almost like a better, new, empowered, forgiven, redeemed version of God's people on earth. The the initial idea of humanity is the idea that God would create people in his image that reflect his goodness, that then go out into the world reflecting his goodness and cultivating it into a beautiful, holy, wholesome awesome thing. And one of the earliest iterations we have of this concept and this idea in scripture is the nation of Israel, right? There was Abraham who was called into uh, to leaving his home, who was promised that his people, his sons, his, his family was going to be more numerous than the stars, but they were going to bless the world. And he has Isaac and Isaac has Jacob and, and, and Jacob then has 12 sons and those 12 sons are the foundation for the rest of the nation who are then going to become the 12 tribes of Israel, the people associated with one of those brothers, yet this community, this people, uh, Israel, time and time again we see in scripture, fails to hold up their end of the bargain when they make covenants with God. When when, when God uh, approaches them and says, man, do this and and we're going to create this together, uh, they say, okay, yet the the community itself continuously fails. And, And here, the ministry and the story of Jesus of restoring, redeeming, man, it has an individual perspective and aspect. Yes, meaning it is for you but as a person, as an individual, but through that individual, God is recreating through us as individuals. God is recreating a community of people that is going to take out his goodness into the earth through the healing, restoration, and redemption we've received. We're now going to take his goodness out into the earth and to share that goodness, to share that beauty, to redeem people's lives, to redeem culture, to redeem uh, uh, communities and societies. Man, man, that's the, the story of Jesus, the story of Jesus working through his people that he's called and saved and redeemed who are now taking that goodness into the world. And because Peter has experienced the individual redemption of Jesus, Remember, this is the same Peter that a few chapters ago had just flat out denied Jesus, eventually cursed at Jesus uh, in an effort to distance himself because he was scared he would get arrested too because he has now experienced Jesus in his resurrection saying, Peter, man, you're forgiven. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, you're who I'm building this thing on because there's this redemption going on in his life individually. Peter now comes in and sees the bigger picture of restoring redemption, of restoring and redeeming communities, restoring, redeeming people, man, he taps into the bigger picture through the healing that he's experienced individually. And so the story of Jesus to save and redeem individuals that build into saving and redeeming humanity, cultures, societies, uh, communities, is something that Peter grasps in this moment. Like, Like Peter captures it in this moment. Friend, the reason it's critical that we capture the story of Jesus is so that he can, one, do the work that he desires to do inside of us, absolutely. He desires to do the work of redemption in you that you've been putting off, that you've been been neglecting, that you have missed for the past few months, but maybe even more so than that. Man, it is amazing to see how we then are called into a community of people who are bound together through God's goodness, through his healing, through his redemption, through his restoration, and then we are sent into the world, right? We have brothers and sisters right now that are in Asia, in Africa, in Europe, men who are joining together with us, who are actively working to take the redemption and the restoration, the healing we've received and experienced out into the world to share it with others and see that community grow. Peter here, through seeing his story in light of scripture story, by taking ownership of Jesus' story as his own story because of Jesus' redemption in his life is now partnering with Jesus, is now doing the work of Jesus, is allowing Jesus to work through him in order to bring redemption uh, to the entire world, to the community of Israel, to start the new Israel that's going to go out and to redeem people from across the world despite or regardless of age, ethnicity, class, color, creed. Man, it's going to be this beautiful thing that starts because Peter has latched on to Jesus' story individually and it's turned into a corporate and man- man- community affair. Right. Um, sorry, I just talked really fast, really long. <laughs> but it gets excites, excites me, man. It really excites me uh, to see to see the impact that, that the, the restoration and redemption of Jesus can have in the life of people. That drives us to say, man, I can't hold this to my own or to myself, but I have to. I have to partner with Jesus in restoring and redeeming nations. I mean, people communities by by nations here I'm talking about the, the 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 new Israel the new people of God on earth that are going to take the goodness of God into the world like it's an exciting thing friends my prayer is that that you would not just take uh, the individual aspect of christ's salvation and his work of redemption but that you would allow that individual uh healing that you uh, are, are called to experience and that you would allow it to, to really extend your hand uh, to your brothers to your uh, sisters to your neighbors to your friends to your co-workers because when we see our story through scripture story through jesus story then jesus story becomes our story and that is nothing but redemption Jesus' story is a story of redeeming. Now, I want to give you a warning here. Uh, there, there's not a neutral place in seeing ourselves in, in light of Jesus' story. Uh, meaning that, that, friend, the reason I want to warn you now is because if you're not seeing your story in light of Jesus' story, taking ownership of, of that story, experience that healing, sharing that healing, uh, then, then, man, that means you are actively uh, moving away from Jesus' story. Right there's not a neutral place where you kind of just stay in one spot. You're either seeing Jesus uh, and in, and his story is becoming your story and you're experiencing healing, or you're losing sight of Jesus' story, therefore losing sight of Jesus and working your way towards spiritual, emotional, and of course physical death. Right, right, like like that. That's a reality for us, uh, man. I, I I would even say that there is um. For many of us right now, times of waiting, the reason they can oftentimes be dangerous, the reason they can feel like wasted time, the reason they can become frustrating, is because we begin to lose sight of Jesus' story of redemption, both in the community and in our own lives, and we begin to focus on the story of waiting. Waiting becomes, in and of itself, the narrative we subscribe to. I'm just waiting for this next season to come. I'm waiting for COVID. I'm waiting for my next job. I'm waiting for my my life after marriage. I'm waiting for someone to marry. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. It's the sin of anticipating something tomorrow and neglecting today. It's the sin of of focusing and, and worrying about something tomorrow and neglecting today. And the reality is times of waiting really tempt us to do this. And when we lose sight of jesus story of redemption, both now and forever and moving forward into the future, we begin to lose sight of Jesus and as we lose sight of Jesus, we lose sight of the one who who reigns over our hearts, providing peace and joy and as a result, we begin to seek out uh, other places where we can find joy and find peace and it 's in those moments where I really do believe Scripture is clear about the, what happens right like you think about Genesis four where where God talking to Cain says, "Hey, man, do the right thing because if not." Sin is crouching, ready to pounce on you. In in First Peter chapter five, Peter says, "Hey, be sober-minded." In reality, he's saying, "Stay focused. Stay focused on what? Stay focused on Jesus' story, Jesus' redemption." Why say sober-minded? Stay focused because your your adversary, the devil, is is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It's moments of waiting uh, that that, it, it, that 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 tempt us into these things, and that, that that aren't dangerous in and of themselves, I should say. Uh, but but it's moments of waiting that can be dangerous because we lose focus on the grand story of jesus at work in our hearts and in the world uh, and, and then you think about those those things like that saying like idle hands are the devil's playground it's true because we stop focusing on the reality of jesus work in the world we begin focusing on so many other things uh, and we leave ourselves vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy in our lives in our mind in our heart and so friends men do the hard work of seeing jesus story of seeing Jesus' story as your story, of seeing uh, your uh, life through the story of Scripture, interpreting, it's hard work. It's hard work to, to do that and then therefore to go out and, and take action. But, but, but I want to show you here at the end that, that taking action truly is the next step. Taking action is the next step. Once we have, uh, uh, once we cling on to uh, that that reality, Uh, those realities of Jesus' story being our story, the way we cement it is to continue to move forward and take action with that story. When we take our foot off the gas, that's when we lose it. But when we have our foot on the gas and we're pushing forward, that's the ultimate way uh, to to, to keep it going. And so moving forward, man, once we've established here in the text that uh, interpreting Jesus' story as our story, taking Jesus' story as our story, taking responsibility for that redemption, um, Peter is now going to move forward and, and really take action Having understood God's will, having submitted himself in prayer, having understood uh, uh, the story of, of Scripture, the story of Jesus in his own heart in his own life, and now making it a community thing, he's going to go and take action with that motivation that he's been given. Take a look in 23. They finish up and say so they propose to Joseph called Barsabbas, uh, who also was known, who was also known as Justice and Matthias. Uh, then they prayed, "You Lord, know everyone's heart. Show which of these two you have chosen uh, to take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left, to go where he belongs." Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Uh, so, so you can see right here, man, they 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 move forward, and they move forward in a way where where they move forward just knowing, hey, we're gonna trust God's sovereignty in this. Uh, and I want to hear man. You can trust God's sovereignty in this right now. Like, like, know that that they were struggling the same way we struggle right now. Like, like, we can hear this message. And honestly, the the, the most uh, realistic response for some of us is like, "That's cool, man." But like, practically, what do I do? Like, like, what does God want me to do right now, uh, man? Legitimately, Peter and these guys could have been feeling the exact same way. Like, like, God, okay, we get that you want to restore and redeem, but. You want to start with restoring the 12 and and all this beautiful stuff, but how do we do that? Man, Peter's like, hey, let's roll some dice. (laughs) And it's funny, but man, it's this beautiful display of I'm going to take action and I'm going to trust God's sovereignty in order to, to work out what I do here. I know God's will. I know his plan for redemption. I'm believing in that. I'm experiencing that. I desire to share that. I know what his desire for me is. I- I'm not going to do anything in sin here. I'm taking that into the future, and I'm moving on, and I'm acting on, and I'm trusting God to work it out the way he's going to work it out. This, this, this idea of casting lots found in the scripture is this idea of, of kind of and not really uh, rolling dice. It's rolling dice in the sense that it's the same nature of kind of trying to leave it to chance, but it's not rolling dice in the sense that it was a culturally accepted practice uh, to do things. And so it wouldn't be seen as flipping a coin today, but there was a certain sense of chance left in it. Yet they believe wholeheartedly that hey God, we're going to kind of we're going to kind of flip a coin here uh, and decide between these two guys that we believe uh, meet the standard that 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 we've set out. And they seek God in prayer. They they end by saying, "You Lord, know everyone's heart. Show which of these two you have chosen." That word "show" the initial the original interpretation. The other time it's used in Acts actually is, is a way of saying "appoint." So they're saying, "God, we're going. Uh, we, we know your story of redemption. We're moving forward. We've experienced it. We take ownership of it. We're we're going to share it with the world. We're going to start right here in this room. Uh, God, appoint the person that's going to take uh, this spot as the twelfth apostle and." Let Let's get going right? and let's move. We're going to trust you to, to work through our actions. We've taken ownership of it. We're working toward seeing redemption worked out in our hearts, seeing redemption worked out in the hearts of others. Uh, we're going to move forward and we're going to allow you the space to work out what we're doing in your power and in your sovereignty. Um, and friends, that's, that's where I want us to, to stop and, and really uh, kind of consider it right now. Man, everything that I said today, I hope it's encouraging. I hope it's it's building up. And I hope it, it encourages you to know that, man, we can confront things that wounds during this time of waiting. God desires to use every moment, including these moments of waiting, to push forward redemption, to push forward restoration. But the reality is, if we end up being crippled by the thought that we don't know the next step to take, we don't know the next thing to do, then we will never actually push forward in seeing God take uh the ground from darkness that he desires to allow us to see right he's going to do it anyway but he wants to partner with you in seeing it happen and friend i want you to feel and experience the joy and exhilaration of knowing you followed the charging god of the universe into battle against darkness and came out victorious with him i want you to feel that rush and it only happens when we take uh what we know what we've experienced and go let's go move on it um and so with that in mind, having known uh, Jesus' story, having experienced his grace and mercy and now desiring uh, to take that grace and mercy and seeing these moments uh, of, of waiting as opportunities now to, to deeply, more deeply experience that for ourselves and others, I want to encourage you, man, for the remainder of the time that we're going to be in isolation, to, 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 to partner with us as a community to do a couple of things really what I mean by that is I want to encourage us to set some goals together for the remainder of our time I don't know how much longer we're going to be doing the isolation thing There are smarter people than me that know but for the rest of the time I want to encourage you to set three goals I want to encourage you to set a spiritual goal okay if we're experiencing grace we're experiencing redemption and we want to share that as well Man, man, I want you to think about how can I I ask the Lord to do something in me to, to help me Fully, even more so I should say Experience grace and redemption in my heart And in my life in a way that, that I have not experienced it yet God, God help me feel and experience that The other one is, is a personal goal Guys, God has called us to Cultivate the world right like we we've discussed this in our in our meetings in the past that that God has given us the responsibility of of building up the world in a beautiful way that reflects his goodness I, if you have not been reading but you have wanted to read lately if you have not been able to get into scripture and want to get into scripture lately if you have been like not able to exercise and and want to exercise man jump into that right now for a lot of us that that really have not kind of have a little bit more time on our hands than we did before. And obviously, none of us are just freely doing whatever we want. But, but for those of us that have a little more time on our hands, I would encourage you, use it to, to, to set that personal goal and, and to really work on cultivating your life in that way. And then the third is set a relational goal. Again, when we experience Christ's goodness, we are then called to, to extend that same grace and goodness that we've experienced to others. And so I want you to set a relational goal. I want you to set a goal for for seeing how you can use the grace and mercy that you've you've experienced, that you've received, the healing you've experienced, you've received in order to build into someone else relationally. I want to be really honest. There are some of us who have had marriage issues for the past few months. This is a great time for us to to, to try to build our, our marital relationship. There are some of us who have had strife with friends or, man, pour into them. There are some of us also who have people that we've been reaching out to that we want to see come to faith. Reach out to them. Ask them how you can love them, how you can, can pray for them, how you can serve them right now. Uh, man, it, it is a great opportunity to, to set a relational goal and to, to try to use that uh, in, in order to share the, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the story of Jesus that we've received of healing and redemption to now share that with others. Uh, My friends, I'm praying that this time of waiting that we're currently in would, would not be seen as a waste of time but rather we would grab the story of Jesus we would we would apply it to our own hearts, we would dive into the hard things of, of working through healing and of then from there taking that, that redemption and that grace extended to us and offering it to those around us, to our neighbors to our co-workers, to our loved ones, to our families so that we can see that waiting is never meant to be a wasted time but rather even in seasons of waiting we are given the opportunity to use it as redemptive times. Times where God's work of redeeming is still at work and alive in our lives and in the lives of others. I love you. Man, I'm excited about what this season um, can do in our hearts if we allow God to continue to work in it, even in the midst of scary stuff. I know that some of us have family members that have been sick, X, Y, and Z. I know that God is going to continue to work and, and allowing ourselves uh, to be sensitive to His work is what I'm praying will come out of this time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to allow us uh, to, to, to then we're going to go into a time, I should say, where we're going to worship and respond to the Word, and then I'll come back and dismiss us. So if you would join me in a short prayer, Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your guiding spirit that even in moments of waiting desires to usher us into times of redemption, times of restoration. God, let us see this time of waiting uh, not in the silo or in the isolation of our own story, but rather tapping into your story of redemption and reconciliation that is at work in our own hearts right now, that you desire to, to light a fire in our in our hearts of, of healing healing and of redemption, and of peace, and of security in you, even in the midst of insecurity outside, and then the beauty of seeing and latching onto your story that calls us to to go and offer that same healing to others, God, let us latch onto that, experience that, God, and help us, Lord, to to not really sit back on that as well, but to to actively pursue it, God, allow us to, to set spiritual goals, personal goals, relational goals help facilitate us experiencing healing and sharing and extending healing pray these things in your name in the name of jesus amen thank you for listening we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith